Well, good morning, everybody. In the same way that Catherine's not Kevin, I'm not Kevin either, am I? Um, Kevin's not very well. Uh, Kevin's got a heavy cold, lost his voice, got conjunctivitis, generally out of sorts. So I'm afraid you've got me this morning instead at short notice. So what what you have before you this morning is a service that uh, is the outline that Kevin had prepared and some of Kevin's ideas and then my words to try and deliver it. So um, bear with us. But uh, it's good to be here, isn't it? It's good to be here. It's Advent. It's uh, a time of expectation and, and waiting and preparation. Uh, it's, it's lovely to see you all this morning. There's one notice that wasn't on the revolving notices, uh, and that is that next Sunday is our junior church service. So it will be, um, you know in the normal kind of uh, fashion. So lots of activity with youngsters. Um, See who turns up, see what we do. Jane's in charge, as always. So uh, that will be fun. But because it's the junior church service, we're going to start with um, refreshments again first next week. So like we have today, the the junior church service part probably won't kick off until about quarter past we'll have coffee first as we gather and prepare the children. So uh, that's next week, something to look forward to. Our call to worship uh, this morning is from Isaiah chapter 40, and the first five verses, very familiar words for this time of year. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level. The rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And we begin by singing together a, uh, an Advent hymn, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. You're going to have to forgive me because I'm singing with Heather too, so I shall be running to and fro. Come thou long expected Jesus. If if you're able to stand, please stand and sing.
And now we have uh, a reading from Matthew chapter 3, and Heather's going to read to us. Reading is from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. John the Baptist prepares the way. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt round his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptising, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe has been laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Thank you, Heather. Oh. Look at that, unprompted. We have some ladies to light our Advent candle for us. Thank you. Yeah? No, that'd be fine. Edward will turn you on. Okay. Let us pray. In the settle and stir of a burnt orange sunrise, in the lilting laughter around a table full of friends... In the flash of clarity that turns on the light of insight and leads us towards wisdom, we find the peace that passes all understanding. But there are things we need to understand. Help us to help you in the stories of those who struggle. Peace is what the prophets foretold. Peace is what is sacrificed when prophet takes precedence. We light Light the candle candle for peace and and pray pray for the courage to stand up for it.
the second week of Advent, as the waiting and expectation heightened, deepened our desire for peace. Like the wise call to journey in those early morning days, may we seek, strive, search for peace, like the prophets old and new. May we cry out for this coming. We, we light a candle for peace, may it light the way ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're going to sing again uh, now together. Um, Light of the world. So uh, please stand if you can and join together with Light of the world.
I should have said, yes, thank you, <laughs> that we'll receive the offering at the end of that song. So Barbara's on it. Well done. Thank you very much, Barbara. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you give us so much. We thank you that from what you give us, we are able to give back to you for your work. Lord, we pray that you would take not just this money, but ourselves, our time, our love and our service, and use it all for your glory. Amen. And that must mean that the junior church, we have a few? Yes, we do. David is going to take the junior church out. So we, we bless them as we say together, the Lord be with you. Have fun. Good stuff. We're going to sing again. Um, we're going to sing Holy Overshadowing. So, uh, again, if you'd like to stand, then, then please stand and join in. If you want to sit, that's absolutely fine. Let's sing again together Holy Overshadowing. over me and guard my heart with true humility no shadow of the darkness pressing in only the holy overshadowing underneath your wings overshadowing refuge will I seek but God alone, no hiding place save only at your throne, only the cross, the blood to wash my sin, only the holy overshadowing underneath your wings, overshadowing. my shield and my glory. You are the lifter of my head. And though the storms may rage around me, I'll be safe within, beneath the holy overshadowing. burden on my back to heart to bear. Only the easy load you bid me wear. Until these troubles pass, my heart will sing. Praise for the holy overshadowing underneath your wings, overshadowing. storms may rage around me, 
I'll be safe within, beneath the holy overshadowing, underneath your wings, overshadowing, overshadowing, underneath your wings, overshadowing, overshadowing. Yvonne's going to lead us in our prayers of intercession. In our prayers this morning, when I say, Lord of glory, please respond by saying, hear our prayer. Lord of glory, hear our prayer. Our God speaks tenderly to his people and cares for them as a shepherd cares for his sheep. Let us therefore bring to him our thanks and our prayers for our own needs and the needs of others. Lord our God, in this Advent season we pray for your church throughout the world. We pray that the church will indeed be a herald of good tidings, speaking in a strong voice of your glory revealed in Jesus Christ. Lord our God, we pray for all the nations of the world and their leaders. We pray that in all the uneven, rough and unjust places of the world, the way may be prepared for you to bring equality, healing and justice to all your people. Lord of your glory, hear our prayer. Lord our God, we pray for the communities in which we live, work and worship, we pray that with your help, we will reveal your glory in the way we live and serve you. If we become over busy, stressed or tired, speak tenderly to us. Gather us in your arms and bring us back to a place where we can rest and refocus on the one great truth of Advent and Christmas, that you have come to us in humility and with patience so that we may see your glory and salvation in our lives. Lord of all glory, hear our prayer. Lord our God, we pray for those in particular need who are weak and vulnerable. We pray that they will be touched by your gentle tenderness, bringing them comfort and strength. In our own hearts, in a moment of quiet, we bring to you our concerns for the needs of those we know and love. Let your loving and gentle kindness surround them all. Lord of glory, hear our prayer. Lord our God and Heavenly Father, we bring our prayers to you, trusting in your great faithfulness and compassion. As we look forward to celebrating once again the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ, help us also to look forward to the time of his coming again and to prepare ourselves for that day when your kingdom will at last be established on the earth. Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, 
our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our great God, our creator God, is a God of humour as well. Um, at the beginning of the service, when Ruth uh, was praying for us, we were stood over there, and um, Yvonne was kindly praying for me. She was squeezing my arm in reassurance, the arm that I had my booster jab in yesterday. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a little bit throbby actually, but there we are, never mind. Never mind, there we go. Uh, I, it's great to be prayed for, so... Uh, as I said at the very beginning, uh, but we, we, uh, we were in sort of um, refreshment mode at the beginning, so some of you may not have heard. Kevin is not well today, which is why I am up here. Um, and I've, got, I've received Kevin's notes and Kevin's ideas for the sermon. I have transformed Kevin's notes and ideas into something that I think I understand. I really hope that you understand it too. Um, it's Kevin's ideas, it's my ideas, it's actually uh, um, some more ideas that I've, I've, I've added to it, which we will refer to. Uh, most of all, I just pray that uh, God speaks through me and through what I've prepared to you all this morning. So here we are, Advent 2, and we're thinking about John the Baptist, and we heard um, Heather read from Matthew chapter 3, and that was all about John the Baptist, the forerunner. And this week, in the sermon, we're thinking about having a, a twofold focus during Advent. So yes, we're going to think about the Nativity, of course we are. To some extent, that's what we, we think Advent's about, don't we? But as well as that, we're also going to be thinking about the return, Jesus' second coming. Jesus comes in the stable in humility and gentleness as a baby. But scripture says we need to remember that Jesus will also come again as judge. And that's some of what John the Baptist was talking about. Love and judgment are held together in Jesus and in the Advent journey of waiting and preparation. John the Baptist's message is all about repentance because the kingdom of heaven is near and there is a need to be ready. He points the way towards someone greater than himself, to Jesus, who will baptise with the Holy Spirit, not just with water, as he was doing. That's how he got his name, John the Baptist, baptising with water. His message is to the people around him then, as Jesus would grow up among them during his physical life on earth. But his message is also to us now as we anticipate his return. What do you know about John the Baptist? Well, like Jesus, we learn that John is miraculously conceived. His mother and father, Elizabeth and Zechariah, were both very old. You know, even older than me, properly old is what the Bible tells us. Elizabeth thought she would never have a child. She was God-fearing and obedient, but no family. And then God stepped in, and he did something miraculous. 
Zechariah was serving in the temple, and he gets a visit from an angel, from Angel Gabriel. Does that sound familiar? He gets a visit from the angel Gabriel, and he's told that they will have a son after all. All the years of waiting, all the years of yearning will come to an end, and they will have a son, and that will be John. And so it comes to pass. And the next time that John appears in scripture, well, he, he bursts onto the scene. It's like an Old Testament prophet bringing his message with gusto and with conviction. And all the people are drawn to him. And that's possibly a little bit surprising to our ears because the message he was giving was uncompromising. It was very straightforward. It was very clear. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. This is the same recurring message that Jesus preaches throughout his ministry. And it provides sort of another link between John the Baptist and Jesus. So repentance is key to John's message. And it's an important word that we need to understand. Before I continue with some of Kevin's ideas here, um, I I want also to include some material from a a chap called Richard Croft. He's a licensed lay minister at St. John and St. Stephen's Church in Reading. Uh, It's some material that I I just found online uh, in researching for the sermon this morning. And I just thought some of the insights he brings were useful too. So I've incorporated them into what I'm going to say this morning. So quoting from Richard, he says this, Do you find repent to be rather a heavy word, loaded with guilt? Does that actually help you, therefore? I'm guessing no. I received a light bulb moment recently when someone pointed out to me that the pent part of repent means think. Obvious if you know foreign languages well. Who speaks French or Italian or Spanish? See, if, if the youngsters were here, I was, I'd, I'd forgotten that they'd gone out. I was going to drill them on this. Um, yes, so French to think. Ponce, that's right, absolutely. And uh, I, French is the only thing I know a tiny little bit about. But apparently in Spanish, pensar, and in Italian, pensare. All the same root. Even in English, we get our word pensive, meaning thoughtful, from the same root. And in Greek, Nigel's here, and Leza, people who know Greek, eek, never mind. Um, I think it's metanoia, is what the research tells me. So the Greek word behind repent is metanoia, which broadly means to go beyond the mind that you have. John called people to think again. Think again about how you're living your lives. Yes, do that. But think again about how history is panning out before your very eyes. One, who is, com- one is coming who is going to upend all your thoughts about God and all your thoughts about life. 
John said, I'm not worthy to squat down and undo his sandals. He's so great. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the spirit of the living God. We'll come back to some more thoughts from Richard in just a moment. So that word then, repent, contains ideas of remorse, of changing your mind. It involves a complete change of heart and direction, maybe even an about turn. To help us visualise that, I think I've done this once before in church, but I'm, I'm going to step away from here just for a second. So, when you first become a Christian, you're really close to God. The relationship is very, very close. Frequent conversations and messages to and fro. But then time goes on. So this, is, this side of the stage is becoming the Christian over here. And then time goes on. And if we're not very careful, because we're very human, we sin. And there's a bit of a gap between us and God. And if we're not very careful, time can go on and the gap can get bigger. And what repenting means is not just stopping sinning, because if you just stop... God's still over there and there's a gap. There's still a fracture in that relationship. Repenting means about turn and starting to find ways of rebuilding that relationship with God. Replacing some of the bad things, some of the sin, with things that help bring you back to where perhaps you once were originally. That helps, I'm a simple soul, that helps me remember what repent means. We determine to no longer live to please ourselves, but to please God. Renewing the contract between God and ourselves. This was Kevin's idea. Renewing the contract between God and ourselves instead of living as contract breakers. We make our peace with God. And just going back to Richard Croft again, who I quoted before, he also suggests that John himself had to repent to rethink about his view of what Jesus' ministry and life was all about. Because like many of his time, John seems to have expected Jesus to arrive in power and might and uproot the Roman Empire and change everything by force. But of course he didn't behave like that at all. And this caused John to doubt. While Jesus was telling people to turn the other cheek, to live in a non-violent way, and was reaching out to the outcasts of society, John was naming and shaming Herod for taking his brother's wife. And he was carrying on with his black and white message full of certainty and confrontation. No surprise then that John the Baptist got thrown into prison. And no surprise, perhaps, that he started to have his doubts. He ended up contacting Jesus via a messenger while he was in prison to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or are we to wait for another? Doubt had crept in. But Jesus answered him again via the messenger by telling him what he was doing, how he was living out his ministry, 
And he told John to compare what he was doing with what the Bible said about what, how the Messiah would behave. Jesus invited him to rethink, to change his mind and repent, to go beyond the ideas of what Messiah should be. It was exactly what John had been telling people to do as he started his ministry. At this point in Kevin's notes, it says, next big point. The kingdom is at hand. So why bother repenting now then? When we could carry on living the way that we please for our own pleasure and purposes and then repent later on. Surely that's an option. Well, because the kingdom of God is at hand. Imminent. Soon. Any minute, possibly. If the sovereignty of God is about to be established here on earth, hadn't we better do something about it now? Otherwise we could find ourselves left on the outside. At any moment, Jesus could return without notice, like a thief in the night, and the world will never be the same again. So in this Advent time, we look back to the familiar story of the Nativity and of God's love and peace coming to the earth, but we also look forward, thanks to the message of John the Baptist, to the return of Jesus, the second coming and the judgment that we read, this will bring. There's no timetable for even the most clever and insightful of us to use in order to squeeze in some selfish living now before Jesus comes again. So we are encouraged to repent and live in readiness even now. Even this Christmas. Even this Advent. The baby Jesus came in an unexpected way that first Christmas time. And the King Jesus will likely arrive in a similar way. Final big point. John is scathing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, calling them a brood of vipers. We might say that they speak with forked tongue. They're not genuine in their behaviour. What they say and what they do don't line up. We should guard against this. Make sure that our lives are producing fruit that's in keeping with a repentant lifestyle. Where if we recognise something is wrong in our lives, we do something about it. We look to replace the wrong with some right. Look to lose the negative and replace it with positive attributes of love, kindness gentleness, patience. Advent, this time now, is the season for mature reflection. We're encouraged to look at our lives and try to let our behaviours and attitudes be moulded by God through the Holy Spirit. And we should be ready to be radically altered if that's what's needed. Repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand, and we don't know exactly when that's going to be. Let's try to keep this in mind as we wait expectantly this Advent. Amen.
our final song um, is These Are the Days of Elijah. So if you're able, please stand and sing with us. These are the days of Elijah. days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sword, still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun. At the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of jubilee, out of science till salvation comes. close uh, our worship this morning with words from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore.